Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Well, good day, Ashley. <laughs> good day, kind woman. What's up? I don't know how to speak that way, <laughs> clearly. I am super excited to do this recap. We are recapping Netflix historical drama, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. It is six episodes rated MA. Here's a quick summary. The young queen's marriage to King George of England ushers in an epic love story and transforms high society. It has been, I don't even know what word to use. It has been just life altering. Obviously it's an exaggeration, but it is the number one (laughs) most watched anything on Netflix. And this is as of June 8th of 2023. Ashley, let's get into this cast. We have young Queen Charlotte, the star she is absolutely a star. India, Amir Tifo, Corey Marquise as young King George. Edwa Ando as Lady Agatha Danbury. We have Melissa Fairley as Princess Augusta. Ruth Gimmel as Lady Violet Bridgerton. Golda Rostevel as Queen Charlotte. Arsima Thomas as young Lady Agatha Danbury, Sam Clefmit as young Brinsley, Eddie Dennis as Reynolds, Hugh Sachs as Brimsley, Julia Andrews as Lady Whistledown, creator Shonda Rhimes and Julia Quinn, director for all six episodes, Tom Varkata, and we have Shonda Rhimes, Betsy Beards, and Tom again as producers. Rotten Tomatoes gave this series 94% critics, 72% audience, and Google users gave this series 94%. Ashley, what is your grade for Queen Charlotte? It's an A. This series was heartbreaking, but superb. My favorite of the Bridgerton series thus far. It was what more than I could have expected in so many different ways. We touched on things in this series that we have not touched on. We delved into mental health. We delved into deepness that I was not expecting from the sexual and romantic nature that I had known Bridgerton to be before. So this one was deep. But it was good. So it's an A for me. What about for you? I put A plus 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 plus. <laughs> I loved it. And to your point, it was utterly heartbreaking. It was one of those things where it stuck with me after I watched it. 
Like I just had to like sit there and be like, whoa, that just happened. Beautifully written. The acting was superb. The costumes, the landscaping, the the sets, all elaborate and gorgeous and very immersive. And it was a good time, Ashley. This series is currently on its for your consideration Emmy run right now in ahead of award season. So wishing the cast and crew much luck because y'all deserve. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our spoiler alert. I thought it was fascinating that we got a chance to have this particular prequel. We are introduced to Queen Charlotte in the Bridgerton series and she is a flamboyant character. And what's fascinating is she doesn't even show up in the books. So it was a choice to have such a dynamic character be implemented into the television series. And so for her to get her own series, I thought, wow, what can they do with that? And boy, oh boy, they did something with that. Looking back at Bridgerton, we got to know... Queen Charlotte for her fashion, which is dated, mind you, her sense of humor, her need to be entertained, and how protective she is to her husband, King George. Now, we'll talk more about this in our discussion of the show, but I didn't think there would be much to talk about because their relationship from Bridgerton World didn't really resonate much right they weren't the focus either so we didn't have a lot to go on yet very true in this series we see a young charlotte i actually love the opening scenes of episode one queen to be she doesn't even say a word but she spies on her older brother essentially signing her away to great britain to be queen and wife of the king and we see her fire immediately when she <laughs> tossed over that that statue in house. What I love about the intro to young Queen Charlotte is her love for fashion was always there. Her and that monologue with Will Bone was quite entertaining. Um, her brother trying to convince her there's worse fates than marrying the King of England, Ashley. What's your first impressions of young Queen Charlotte? She's definitely spirited, I guess is the best way to put it. She definitely has her own mind, her own opinions, which for me, I love, refreshing. But obviously of the era is um, problematic for the men in her life who would want her to be obedient and controlled yeah but she's very quick she's very smart she seemed very strong and I really like that about her because she's 17 years old and is leaving the only home and family she's ever known and being sent away to a foreign country to marry a stranger so you better have some strength to make it through absolutely when she arrives she is inspected like a prized mare by Princess Augusta, who is the king's mother. She's already talked down to and and told that her dress has to be changed to a traditional English dress. I find it interesting that 
they immediately talk about race. And one of the things that they did at the top of this episode is give disclaimers saying there were liberties taken by the author because there's strong speculation that the real Queen Charlotte was indeed of more descent and more were brown people, right? But Princess Augusta was like, oh my goodness, she's brown and she's the clearer mouthpiece of the king. I found I found it interesting that they were like, okay, so if she's going to be the one he's going to marry, let's invite some brown people to the party. It was also interesting because this had never been discussed in Bridgerton prior to this. So it was always like, oh, race isn't even a factor. The law. It was almost like, quote unquote, blind casting. Because mm-hmm. I was under that assumption. And I've talked about this in the past. And this is a deep, deep cut. But Shonda Rhimes had a show called Starcross, which is like a continuation of uh, a Romeo and Juliet story that only had one season on ABC. But that was, again, a quote-unquote blind casting. So I feel like this is, you know, something Shonda Rhimes had always wanted and Bridgerton was, you know, a success. But what are your thoughts about them actually talking to race and saying this is how this society got integrated? I thought it was great because, again, to your point, I thought the same thing when we saw the first two seasons of Bridgerton being that, oh, race just is not a factor in this world. But no, it's a product of the fact that Queen Charlotte helped to usher in the era of acceptability, no matter what your race or ethnicity may be. And having that history made her even more impactful as a character and as, you know, a product of that union between them. So I appreciated it because I was like, ah, So now we're based more in reality than I thought that we had been in the previous iterations of Bridgerton. You know, I follow this young lady on social media and she told me that she felt like her love for Bridgerton was what happened if, yes, the end of slavery happened and people, Black people were immediately able to integrate without all the you know, rise of the clan and things like that, what our society would look like. And that was something that she loved about the series. And I, I always thought that was an interesting take. But we talk about race in Queen Charlotte. And there's, you know, throughout the series, we have the flashback to young Charlotte. And then we have present day with Lady Whistle Down and the current Bridgerton Queen Charlotte and her family. And she has 13 children. And to me, there are not that many brown ones in the bunch actually did you notice that yeah it was like one daughter and one son maybe yeah yeah it was that was an interesting choice I guess they're trying to show obviously black women can make the spectrum but it was an interesting casting choice for sure I, I that stood out to me I'm like for this conversation to be about race and you know this isn't really a spoiler but her children aren't necessarily major parts of the show you would have thought that there might have been more melanin sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my personal assumption. And since we're talking about present day, we see that all the antics from season one and two, Queen Charlotte, of trying to get the diamond of the first water married off, she just needed to focus you know, on home because none of her kids are married to, you know, eligible blue blood, so to speak, or 
They don't have an heir, legitimate heirs to the throne. Virgins to the left of me, whores to my right. <laughs> I, I cannot get over that line. <laughs> her interactions with her children, though, were hilarious, priceless. I am telling you, Ashley. And it's the question of, is the queen's knowledge to make a good marriage just talk? I thought that was a prudent question. But were you surprised on how distant she was to her children? She lost her grandchild and all she could tell her son is sorrows, sorrows, prayers. Coming from seeing the young Queen Charlotte, it did feel like a stark contrast. Like it seems like something had grown cold. Yes. Within her over the years. When we see her when she's young, she still has such a vibrancy, a warmth, a curiosity, a fire. And I know she still has fire when she's older, but it's like she's become so comfortable in this life, but not even just comfortable. She's lost some of that humanity, I guess is the best way to put it when you see her now. And it's like, it takes a while to understand why that's the case, could be the case. But it, it was a stark contrast for sure because you're seeing the cuts between the two worlds, the two, the two eras of time rather. Going back to young Queen Charlotte, in preparation for the wedding, as I mentioned, the princess invited the people from the other side of the tracks. And in that mix was Lord and Lady Danbury joining the society. Man, oh man, they did not make Lord Danbury worth his salt in this show i had to go look and see what the real actor looked like because i was like my god when he took them teeth out ugh. did they have to do him that dirty like did, did he they have, have to, to do that crusty did they have to do her that dirty i was like damn that's what you was sleeping under that is upsetting not only sleeping under but then the way he would talk down to her when they showed up to the wedding he's like act like you've been somewhere before he was the son of royalty so it does make sense that he would have that type of air air about yeah. him but he was a jerk i mean you already ugly and this is your <laughs> attitude young charlotte is missing and she is willing to climb a wall she has spent the day of her arrival trying to figure out who is this king george and no one is telling her I'm not going to lie. I would be terrified too if, if people are only able to give me platitudes of the king, this person that you assume has such a prominent role in space. And all you can tell me is the normal, oh, his majesty, the king of, you know, whatever, whatever they pillaged and conquered or whatever through the centuries. Uh, it's like, to her point, she's like, is he a beast or a troll? She's like, I need to know. And as soon as she found someone to help her, she was like, make haste. It is none other King George himself. This interaction was lovely. What are your thoughts on this meet cute Ashley? He knocked me off my feet with that first conversation. I'm not going to lie to you. He charmed the pants off of me. I was like, oh, this is what we're working with in this series. Okay, this is going to be good. Um, He was everything. He was lovely. He was funny. He was charming. He was handsome. Yep. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, girl, you're going to be all right. 
To your point, though, the secrecy, I still don't understand because her staff was never informed of anything. So I'm still not understanding where that secrecy came from other than just like manners and like, I guess, being mannerable and not spreading or speaking and, and gossip. Not wanting to say anything ill of your king because nobody knows anybody, right? So it's like, how do I know you're a safe space to be like, oh, you know what I heard? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it has to just be that they are just being mannerable. Yeah. But yeah, that first interaction, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Like this love story is going to be everything. You know what I'm he saying? Said, you are incomparable. No one told me you were this beautiful and call me George, just George. And I have to say, I was looking at him hard. Like, is this smile sincere or what? You know what I mean? Because I wasn't sure. And he gave her the option to leave or go when her brother showed up. So to me, that also said a lot about him and his character, right? She was convinced and they got married. She ended up switching into her French outfit. So good for you, sis. And and pulling out the hair. And the hair. And the hair. They make their way to their new home. And girl, this wedding night, talk about 180. When he told her, I have decided I'm your king. And she came back with, I thought you were just George. Wow. Were we bamboozled? Yes, I felt bamboozled. I was so sad. I was like, again, he charmed the pants off of me. It so seemed so sincere, seemed so romantic. They seemed so cute together. I was like, so it's just about to turn abusive. Like, it's what what is really good? Is he just gonna cheat on her the whole time and has mischief? Right. Like, what is really good with this person now? Felt like, oh, I, we got tricked. We, we all got tricked. We did. Exactly. And exactly. This, is a, this is a black woman. Listen. This is a black right woman in this role. Now, it's, it's personal now. It's personal, George. You ain't going to be out here screaming in my face like I'm any old body. In front of staff and everything. Yes. Episode two. Honeymoon blessed. Day after day. Young Queen Charlotte gets dressed and spends the day by herself, Ashley. I mean, her outfits were fire. And I know she was probably like, I am presenting my best foot because I'm a married woman. I didn't have a wedding night, but at least something, right? He is nowhere to be found. No one's talking to her. She can't even socialize because she's supposed to be on her freaking honeymoon. When she finally gets a hold of him, He's in the observatory. And she was like, it would be better if he went to freaking brothels. That I would understand, she said. But you choose the the sky over me? You choose the sky over me. And she's like, I don't know anyone but you. And another famous line that I loved, she's like, say something. And he's like, I don't want to fight. She's like, I want you to fight. Fight with me. Fight for me. This was so confusing as a viewer, Ashley. There's just so much privacy. I was very frustrated. I was just, I couldn't understand it. We're only getting her perspective. So I just felt extremely frustrated. I felt her loneliness. I felt her um, anxiety. I felt all of the emotions that she was going through. It was so, it was so unexplained. That's what was getting to me. Yes, because again, her interactions were so limited with him. It was like Dr. Jekyll, 
Mr. Hyde, like, who's who at this point? Who's the real you? And like, what's the point of all of this? Like, did you just get married out of obligation, but you wanted to go live a totally separate life? Like, why? What's really happening? Who are you? It's very frustrating. I felt extreme frustration, but also very little patience at this point. I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. y'all better figure this shit out before I turn this off. Like, I was getting mad. (laughs) And over at the palace... His mama is worried about if the marriage has been consummated. That was the big topic of conversation. It's necessary for the great experiment. Lady Dansbury has been enlisted to be a member of Queen Charlotte's court. She's a double agent, Ashley. (laughs) She is befriending the young queen who is lonely, but she's also the ears on the ground for the princess. My favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes between Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte was the conversation of the marital act, Ashley, when she said, we are going to need drawing papers and coals. Because she was like, how was your wedding night? Oh, he was mean and rude and selfish. And she was like, did you consummate? And she was like, what does that mean? And you have to remember, this is a time where if no one told you, how would you ever know? How would you ever know? You don't have access to media. They barely want women to read. Like, what would you you have? have, Didn't have it in it. Exactly. (laughs) What would you have to go on? So very, very, very interesting. She was like, how many times does it have to be inserted? And how long does it feel? And she was like, forever. Poor Lady Danbury. And Lady Danbury is my favorite character from the previous Bridgerton series. So seeing what she went through in her marriage was very upsetting. Girl. And, but it also told us so much of who she is today because she is such a independent woman. Absolutely. A force. She's a force. Some of the MVPs of the series would be Brinsley and Reynolds who are the hands of the monarchy. They were pretty influential on the relationship between the two young monarchs. When Brimsley told Reynolds, like, hey, y'all need to give her a gesture or something because she is high and dry. And they gave her that, that dog that she called a deformed bunny. I laughed so hard at that. Poor little Pomeranian, pom-pom. And it's so funny because it's like, she's German. So she's thinking about all these big ass German dogs. But thank God she uh, asked for a gesture. She rescued that little dog. Little does she know. And the fact, that's what I love about this series is they do such a great job showing us like the origin of the queen that we know now. She doesn't go anywhere without her little lap dog in the Bridgerton series. Her hair stays done with you know glamorous jewels and and I don't know if you picked up on this but the way she speaks to herself once we get to the loving part of the relationship these are the things that he's told her through the years I did not take note of that but that makes sense it was funny when she was even talking to her daughters in one scene and she was like dress yourself look at me I'm fabulous Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Exactly. George decides to stop by for dinner one night. At this point, we're still in the dark on why he was missing from day one in the first place. 
she told him about himself immediately and that's one of the things that i do love about her character because she's like i know you're the king of england but you have left me high and dry for days and now you want to show up like nothing has ever happened what did he think he was gonna get out of her at this point george was still a mystery i'm like why now what has happened are you do you have split personalities like bro I need some answers. So I was with her. Like I, I was with her as long as we were in her perspective. I'm with you. <laughs> Get out of here. Shouldn't absolutely I should throw something at your head. He introduced her to his observatory. They see Venus. She says it's beautiful. He looks at her and says it really is. He claims that it helps him stay humble knowing that we're only small dust in the universe. I thought it was very sweet and endearing on how she said that she doesn't forgive him yet. Like, were you surprised that she still was open to him, even despite his absence? Life is long. They're married. This is only the beginning. (laughs) Preach. Some no. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they start over and they got a chance to consummate the marriage. One of my favorite lines is, I'm very good with buttons. (laughs) And also, I don't like the head hitting part. Can we, are there ways to avoid that? (laughs) Yes, there are ways (laughs) to avoid that. Oh my goodness. I, we thought we were on the good path, but guess what? Overhearing conversations can be very dangerous, Ashley, because the day after they made their connection, he was yelling at his mom saying, I did everything you told me to do. That's the last thing a woman wants to hear a man say after he got in those draws is, Mama, (laughs) I did what you told me to do. (laughs) Yeah, that was a time to break a statue. Girl, and present day in this episode... Again, she is on a war path to get her children married and having some legitimate heirs post haste. She even enlisted Viscountess Bridgerton for advice because she has had two weddings in two years. I think it's interesting when, you know, Lady Bridgerton is like, oh, it's all about love. And Queen Charlotte was like, yeah, no. Love ain't the problem. But then you get Lady Danbury's perspective of it's a painful lifelong duty. I was fascinated to have such three different opinions on life, love, and marriage at the same table. Do you lean towards one versus the other? I'm curious on your thoughts. Ideally, we all hope to have what Bridgerton Mama is talking about and her children have been able to find right but she neglected the part that there was pressure on her children as well it wasn't just like oh I met somebody and I fell in love they were both being pressured as well to find matches yes Yes. (laughs) and find find their person so it wasn't just that simple but that's obviously the hope for everybody I Lady Danbury is the saddest end of the spectrum girl For sure. And then you have the queen who the thing that makes the queen so lucky, though, is she did have a great match, ultimately, in terms of someone she could love. You know, yes, she didn't choose George, but it ended up being a love match for sure. Absolutely. Episode three, Even Days, Lord Ledger and his racist wife. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) This is Violet's parents. 
I think it's fascinating that her mom was one of the main mouthpieces that resisted the great experiment. Thankfully, she had a great dad because your mama is trash. Throw her away. Exactly. We have the coronation, Ashley. They are officially crowned king and queen of all Britain. They don't like each other. I think it's interesting because we know why she doesn't like him. But I'm like, why doesn't he like her? I kind of reconcile within myself that it's like, if somebody's acting snarky to you, you don't want to be around them, right? So it's like I give the energy I receive. Exactly. One of my favorite lines about how she feels about her new king is he's a lying liar who lies (laughs) (laughs) but that sex was bomb though even days ashley oh my (laughs) gosh the the one scene where they still had staff in the room i was like yo 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 stuff all on the floor yo it was it was the chinning of it all for me where he was like you want me to go she said yes Mm -mm. i was just playing give me the d i was just playing it's also the get in with the tub too i'm like don't even have time to take off your nightgown just get in so letty danbury wants to have the first ball of the season and of course she's faced with some opposition because she's black (laughs) and people are awful Um, She calls out Queen Charlotte and she tells her that the palace walls are too high. You are not some simpering girl. You are a queen. What do you think about the relationship, Ashley, between these two women? I'm thankful that Lady Danbury had wisdom and experience to impart Mm. and was not just there sucking. You know what I mean? Like being a taker. She yes. was a giver and was exactly who and what Queen Charlotte needed um, in this time in her early life as a royal and in her relationship and in all those things. And love to see Black women supporting Black women, obviously. So I really enjoyed their relationship. I could tell that um, obviously as time has gone on and Queen Charlotte has gotten very comfortable in her role, that their dynamic has shifted. There's yes in the later years, much more reverence and respect for the fact that this is the queen versus the way she kind of spoke to her when they were younger. Yes. But again, I think she was what she needed at that time. I agree. With all the talks of the ball, Queen Charlotte was trying to get George to socialize and she realized that he is in fact just Farmer George. He is not interested (laughs) in socializing with his court, which is odd for her. And they are able to make a connection because she made it known she heard the statement of he has the happiness and misery of the country on his shoulders and so they decided to be each other's person which is kind of a callback from Grey's Anatomy shout out to Shonda Rhimes all right well the Danburys were able to have a ball and they not only had the first ball of the season they had the Royals present this is the first time we saw Lord Ledger interact with Lady Danbury and he from the bat, he was like, I like you, let's be friends. I don't know if you peeped that. Mm-hmm. He also was the one to get people mingling because people weren't mingling at this party. And he asked her for a dance. I'm like, was he sweet on her that soon? Well, I think it was probably such a stark contrast in thought and opinion and 
personality and character morality with I know it was a lot of things but between him and his wife <laughs> yeah. and that was what that was to show was that he did not have any of those racist uh reservations and opinions that his wife had that was I felt at that point what that was to show what that was showing rather well Laura Danbury was so excited for the success of the ball that he wanted to bid his wife and he dropped it in the process girl wasn't that color purple he fell dead on top of me (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm talking about yes that's been a few things that's been in a few things too like somebody died i think that was in a, a goldie han movie as well where somebody died during sex yeah running theme running theme but lady danbury was singing can't you feel the brand new day seriously her and her um one little staff member her bestie they knew what it was they really did that night the young monarchs went to bed together and they were happy for this new age of integration but charlotte finds out very quickly about george madness were you surprised how quickly she went into action he was like there's venus there's venus she's like no i'm venus it's cold outside take this coat i I just was really impressed by it honestly i i don't know how i would act if something like that were to happen to me she's an impressive person that's why i said even from the jump you could tell that she had a strength even at her young age that was needed um given the circumstances she was about to find herself in but especially now like in that era i can't imagine that there was any discussion about mental health mental illness nope any possibility of having the knowledge let alone the capacity of dealing with those types of things so i think she just operated on instinct and out of love which was beautiful to see Mm. but then you see her immediately like what the fuck is going on and why is it anyone talking to me i have been bamboozled y'all ain't tell me what was really good before i married this man got it mystery solved girl who had the hardest job reynolds or brinsley oh that's a good question reynolds because in my opinion brinsley at least got the relief of being with the queen who was not going through the same levels of personal torture Mm, okay that the king endures the king went through a lot so therefore Reynolds went through a lot yeah let's talk about their relationship so they had a situation ship (laughs) (laughs) now they had a relationship let's be real they did have a full-on relationship but it was in secret because of the times of course but honestly their jobs were so consuming it's like they literally get in where they can fit in. Oh, one of the most heartbreaking scenes is between older Queen Charlotte and older Brimsley. Girl, girl. That made Why me want to cry. Why did she even ask him? Why did she even ask him? Did you ever marry? When did he have time? I. That's our perspective. I think she genuinely had become so like self-involved or like enthralled with the things that she has going on that she, again, such a stark contrast from when she was young, right? Because when she was young, yeah. she didn't even want Brimsley to be five paces behind her, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But that broke my heart because then she immediately like went back to a dismissive question to like yes. avoid the, com- the the reality of the conversation. And it broke my heart. Like Brimsley 
and Reynolds and anybody. And I thought about this so heavy. I was like, those positions. And at that time, I understand that it was about serving the crown, but they were slaves to a certain extent. Right. Where was their free will? They were always on call. And the fact that Brimsley, going to the present day of their relationship, he's the only one that knows her from day one. And when he gave her the answer of like, why her girls never married, he was like, if he had died, it would have hurt and you would have grieved, but you would have moved on. But instead, you are his queen forever, frozen and waiting. Mm. That was deep. It was. It, and it hit her ass hard, too, because she was like, go stand over there and don't look at me. Right? Like, those, your, said, your truth bomb was too truthful. Your daughters can't leave you trapped in time. I think it's powerful, too, because I'm sure the queen thinks she has it together. I'm sure the queen thinks that she has been a great mom, has ruled well, has done all the things. But she doesn't know the impact and effect that George and that relationship has truly had on her. And it's heartbreaking to think that her daughters know her better than herself in that way. You know what I mean? They can see the toll exactly. that that exactly. marriage has had on her that she's just been in denial about. And that was always something that was talked about for season one and season two of Bridgerton in particular for the queen to be you know, just elaborately, but it was in the olden times, not in present day. And so to have this perspective of like, she is frozen in time because it's like, she wants to be that same girl that he knew when they were young. Oh, that's so sad. (sighs) Episode four, holding the king. Again, she's like, what the hell is going on? And again, ride or die, sis is washing him. Her naked ass husband who came out from outside in the dirt, watching him and looking for answers. We get a rewind moment. It kind of reminds me of Hamilton. You have satisfied and part of that song is rewind, rewind. And all the events that happen in the first act is replayed through a different vantage point. So I love that. We get to see the marriage, Charlotte's arrival, from King George's perspective. And we learn immediately that he loves farming and he also is dealing with a health issue. They have consulted all manners of doctors and they have resorted to a man that other doctors say is a part of the madhouse. Ashley, one of the things that I thought was fascinating about this portrayal is you know, being a history buff and learning about this in school, we learned that King George III was known as Mad King George, right? I was surprised that they were going to show it this young. I guess I don't know how soon his symptoms started in real life, but I don't know if it was one of those things where maybe his madness started showing up sporadically in his youth and just got prompt. It did in real life get considerably worse as he got older to the point where he went blind and his family was relieved when he died because they felt like he was out of his misery but couldn't that have just been syphilis didn't people get blinded by it syphilis? was not it was not syphilis hmm. and then 
I don't want to sound crass, but we are talking about the monarchy and their blue blood obsession. Yeah, that's true. It's called incest. incest. <laughs> so who knows what the madness was pretty much based out of. But but in this case, it's the pressure. That's what I think. You think so? That's how I interpreted it. In this case, interesting. I took it as even as a child, as a small child's baby. He gives that whole spiel about when I was a baby, I had colic, but it wasn't just colic. It was the the ruin of the monarchy. When yes. I was a child and I did this, it wasn't just that. It was the ruin of the monarchy. I think he lived under such an intense pressure and microscope. And you think about how much we deal with anxiety and depression right. and stress and all that these days. And it's just become much more of a hot topic really since covid and imagine what that must have been like for him with the weight of the English crown on his shoulders. That's right. why I was telling you before we got started, that's the hardest thing for me about this series is because I feel like he had mental health issues that today will be able to be addressed through like therapy and medication. So seeing yes. him through 2023 lens is heartbreaking to think that had he been born now, he would have been okay. He would have made it because I do think that as a ruler, he would have been great had he been able to battle his mental health. So I think it helped humble him too. You know, he talks about, you know, resorting to astrology, but guess what? Knowing that you're not perfect <laughs> and you don't know when these attacks may happen. That'll I think that was, I think that was a product you. of his personality a little bit too, where he was like, you know, I I, fi I have to find my little things. I have to I have to find my things yes. that help me to remember that I am a small piece of the pie of life. Right. Because other everybody serves me and everybody services me and everything is about me. And I have to remember that life is not ultimately about me. I felt I took that as being more of a product of his personality, not just the mental health issues. But again. That's what got to me about the series. I was like, George, let me just pull you through the TV and we going to get you some help. <laughs> but like when he broke down in the 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 uh cab, not the cabin, but his um what do you call it? The the thing they rode on, the carriage. Yes. And I was like, George, like you are killing me. You are yeah. killing me. You are killing me. This is anxiety. This is a panic attack essentially. And this is the elephant in the room like this is the reason why he was not around charlotte in the beginning because he felt like being away from her was the best thing to do and to keep her safe this was a lesson for me in race mm. because you don't always know what people are going through like i said i was so frustrated those first three episodes only seeing charlotte's perspective yes. when i finally saw his perspective i was like this is why you have to give people grace because you just never know you never know poor george was going through it going through it one of my favorite four agreements don't take anything personally and don't make any assumptions because you don't know what people are going through you don't know what they're thinking what I did like about this episode is that his attraction for her and endearment for her was real. That breakfast scene when he was eating that awful porridge. Again, his doctor, I feel like, was definitely getting his ego stroked by having the King of England under his paw. 
I feel like he was getting his rocks off too. I'm not going to lie to you. I had Absolutely. a love hate relationship with that doctor because I was like, on the one hand, George asked for this. He asked for the most experimental right. of experimental. So I understand you're doing your due diligence, whatever. But at the same time, this is torture. Absolutely. And so his his affections were real. And he talks about her being almost as mad as he was. I'm like, first of all, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that language, but yes. Um, <laughs> But they are a perfect match. But what I loved was he was the one that picked the doggy because I was really concerned that this gesture that Brimsley heard Reynolds to do was just them acting on behalf of, you know, their monarch. But he actually did steal that dog for her. And I thought that was adorable. He didn't steal it. He liberated that dog. That he dog liberated. Was, who exactly. knows what he was doing to that dog? True. What plans that doctor had for that dog. Mm -mm. So true. George is able to dismiss the doctor because he's feeling good. But unfortunately, overhearing these conversations, Queen Charlotte was confronting Princess Augusta about the lie of omission. The princess says the king is not mad. He is stressed to bear the cares of a nation on his shoulder. And George heard that and he went straight back to the doctor man ah this was this was difficult let's talk about princess augusta shall we she is a complex character okay shout out to mama stark okay because i really want to hate her she has done things that i feel gladly to mark under hate one she lied to charlotte right that's number one, really. Number two, she told the painter to make her lighter. Three, she reviewed her like a freaking mare, you know, a horse. <laughs> when she showed up to marry her son. But then you can tell that she is, she is bred from the antics employees of a court, right? The king said this when everybody knows it's her running the show. Everybody knows it. But then her relationship with like Agatha was interesting. She gave her her ear and she, whenever she was busted, she was formidable. Like she gave what she said she was going to give, right? The title, the land, the access. Later in the series, when Agatha was crying over whether or not her son was going to keep the title, because again, Princess Agatha was dangling that carrot over her head. One thing Lady Danbury did that we thought she would never do, she busted out in tears and she was like, sis, take a shot. Let's do this again. We do not quit. We endure. I love that scene. Ashley, what are your thoughts? So to your point, there is a lot to hate. I did not know when the series started how I was going to feel about her because she felt like a puppet master that was pulling George's strings. I was wondering if a lot of his mental health had to do with the pressure she herself had put on him. Yes. Um, and their dynamic and their relationship. But to your point, that conversation between Agatha and her was illuminating, especially about what she went through after her husband died and she had to deal with the king um, who had been her husband's father and how abusive he was towards her, to George and all of that and how she had to endure all of that. Again, you never know what people have gone through. And I think one of the things that I respected about her is that even though she was getting pressure from the court and from others to fold on issues of race and on issues of progress and things like that, she did not. She withstood the decisions and, and, and gave 
opportunity where others would have shut it down. And so for those reasons, I appreciated her character. And there was even a moment where she finally acknowledged how vital and how beautiful Charlotte had been to George and for George yes. in their dynamic. And when she gave that respect, I was like, oh, okay, we good. Like that was the last thing I needed to be okay with you. She's a woman in a certain era of time holding her own. So you have to give it to her for that. So true. Episode five, Gardens in Bloom. We get a little bit more play of present day here. A lot of Lady Bridgerton and Lady Danbury observing the queen, discussing that the queen must be the loneliest person in England. They even speculated whether or not she's ever been bedded. (laughs) She got 13 kids. (laughs) By someone outside of the king. Okay, I was about to say, I don't remember this. Okay, yeah. they At this point, after all these years, because it's now known that George has yes. lost his mind and all of those things. I, I don't want to say I felt sad for Charlotte, but I did feel sad for Charlotte. Like, I want her to find... I don't think she ever felt out of love with George. And maybe that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's still is in love with him even though he's not there like he's physically there but he's not there right I would have loved for them to give her a lover but I don't think she would have taken it like I don't don't think think she would have stepped out on him until he passed away exactly I did it did make me sad and in real life they were known to be some of the most faithful monarch couples like ever which was rare because a lot of people take advantage of the access and access that they have with that type of power i just see the heads coming out of the water and coming to america (laughs) remember they just popped out the water as a child i had no idea what was going on yeah as an adult i'm like oh okay good morning yeah um (laughs) yep violet's garden is in bloom she is what we call heated thinking about beyonce that was so funny i was like y'all are so sweet talking about your garden is in bloom yeah how quaint oh my goodness she said that she even considered having a footman lie on top of (laughs) her reminded me episode of sex in the city where Carrie went to California and Mr. Big had moved out to California. And she was like, I just need the weight of a man on top of me. (laughs) Oh, man. We also finally get the present day Queen Charlotte's interpretation of love. She says love is determination is a choice you make. You don't give yourself any other options. So that's to answer the lover conversation Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and she says life as a royal is lonely and you love hard because if you don't you are lost and this is her finally getting her sons to marry some young ladies i just love in this series as a whole these interpretations of love love is such it can mean so many things to so many people right yep you know everything from duty to the feels to being determined i also love the conversation of womanhood 
And one of the most important quotes, and I don't believe is in this episode, it might be in the next, but it's like, we spend all of our time trying to get young women to marry, but do they really understand what love is? Like, why don't we spend time talking about life for a lot of them in their widows, their widowdom, you know what I mean? And like, they're still alive. What's next for them? What, what did you think about their conversation and highlighting women over a certain age we're getting older right so the older we get better than the alternative exactly the older we get the more relatable that becomes because you don't I mean not that I didn't always appreciate it but I think you come to appreciate things more the closer you get to it with your own life and your own experiences and things like that so I loved it because I do agree that the versions of Bridgerton we've seen thus far have focused on the, the the young lovers you know and so the older women in the in the series are so compelling and so complex and so dynamic and I have been more curious to learn more about them so give me more if y'all want to do a series with the trio I will watch I'll be down for it is mama Bridgerton about to get a boom because that does not happen in the books but she should she should she should get her a boo if her garden is in bloom and she wants to water it ferociously or whatever <laughs> she said whatever it, it wants air it wants to be touched i was like sis okay live your life lady bridgerton live your life let's go back into the past lady danbury is mourning the death of her husband This is something that seemingly took her off guard considering she was glad that he was gone. But when you think about how she was groomed for him, girl. Since the age of three, that was wild. That was, she doesn't even know her favorite color or food because it was based off of his preference. She said, I am new. I appreciated this discussion because I know what it's like to like finally be free of something. And you're like, what do I do now? Like you always like dream of it, but once you actually obtain it, it's like, huh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, who am I? Who am I in this space? Because we're ever evolving. We're ever changing. The only thing constant in life is change, right? Mm -hmm. It was a rebirth for her. And so I was excited for her to figure out what's next and what the next chapter of her life could look like. I am fundamentally behind women living their best lives so whatever that looks like for you period I want that for you and to be someone who was never able to become your own person in any shape or form and you totally lived for the pleasure of your spouse she was a newborn baby in this world live your best life But I'm glad that she knew herself to know, like, he was an ass. (laughs) He was not someone to be endeared to because he was not a a good person. So I'm glad that she had enough self-awareness. Because, I mean, I don't know what I would do if I was brainwashed at such a young age. Like, where's your individuality? Women. I was telling my mom this the other day. I say, people always talk about, oh, the good old days. I was like, as a black woman, there are no good old days for me. First of all, <laughs> there are first none. of all, <laughs> the fact the actress who played Max in Being Single 
Erica Alexander. Erica Alexander, thank you. Her husband, her ex-husband and her have like this comic book and it's about the future and they were trying to make it into a movie. This is like early 90s, early 2000s. And the producers essentially like left them out of the office and they were like, black people are always in the future. We always look to the future because there has never been that conversation of, oh, what decade or what time in history would you want to live in? there's no part in history that I'm like actively looking towards. I'm looking towards the future where I am free in all areas without discrimination. Okay. There we go. go. So it's like black people being in sci-fi should not be a surprising thing. Yeah. But the problem (laughs) is you have the racist people of today who don't ever want to see that future. That's what the problem is. And apparently they don't want to see us as mythical creatures as well. I digress. All right. Lady Danbury starts rambling along with Lord Ledger. He makes her a birthday hat. And they do more rambling in her bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out. Shout out to her. I mean, we do not condone adultery. In this case, fuck his wife. Yes, in I do. In real life. <laughs> you ain't one black people on the court. You can kick rocks, ma'am. And your husband slept with a black woman. That is poetic justice. Period. And <laughs> it's like, and I'm happy for her because I'm like, she finally understood what orgasms were. I'm like, shout out to you, sis. Or at least the start, because I'm sure there's plenty for her to learn. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just being but The fact that she didn't know there was pleasure in the act is just devastating. Yeah, well, even she showed the queen, she was like, maybe if you do it with somebody you like, it's better. I wouldn't know. So heartbreaking. Shout out to her handmaiden too, Carol. She was a real one. She I was. loved her. She was. Queen Charlotte is pregnant. She is being poked and prodded, and her mother-in-law is moving in. Lord Jesus. I was not happy for her. Uh she writes George while he gets poked and prodded. It's 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 a dark time. Charlotte is is just depressed and sad because she's lonely. And she has been bamboozled into this family. She's so sad. She writes to her brother. Her brother comes to visit her because she tells him she wants to go home. Of course, he's like, you can't do that. Um, You're the queen of England. She run away to Lady Danbury's house. And Lady Danbury is like, this is cute and all, but this is treason. I am not kidnapping (laughs) the future heir of this monarchy. Right. Again, her conversation with Lady Danbury gave her the push that she needed to be the queen that she is. She found George, got him out of that dungeon. She told that crazy doctor, she's like, I don't care for his sanity. I care for his happiness and his soul. Let him be mad. If that's what he needs. He would have been decapitated. I would have killed him, probably. (laughs) The beauty in her love for him in like true acceptance i think that was some of the most touching aspects of their relationship absolutely because his mother was willing to put him through the ringer so thank god he had a wife who was like listen what you're not going to do is torture my husband in the dungeon for the rest of his life let him let him be mad poor thing that was horrible to sit through horrible i hated that doctor by the end hated episode six crown jewels 
a lot happens in this final episode, Ashley. Let's start on a lighter front. There's an end to rambling. Lord Ledger decides to invite his daughter to ramble with him. Did he do it for her or for himself? For himself. But why we got to be one and done? We can't just play a little bit longer. That's what I was thinking. Exactly. (sighs) That was so short. (laughs) So short. George is out, but he still doesn't want anything to do with Charlotte right now. And this was heartbreaking. He's recovering from the traumatic experiences he was going through. And she told him, I will stay. And he keeps telling her to go. And she has this realization that perhaps he was away because he actually loved her. Because at this point, she was depressed. She felt like a failure. And the iconic lines, she's like, do you love me? Because I love you. Do you love me? I will stand between the heavens and the earth. Do you love me? And then his part, he's like, I love you. From the moment I saw you climbing that wall, he's like, I love you desperately. I cannot breathe when you are not here. My heart called your name, Ashley. I, bravo, (laughs) bravo to to the women who wrote this because the way I was melted on this floor, I was like, what is happening? It's too much. It's so beautiful. Real life men don't stand a chance. Uh, she was like, I don't care if you're mad. Shout out to the writer strike. Pay them people. Because clearly, it's clearly y'all write lines that have women in shambles. Shambles, Ashley. Utter shambles. Things are going well. And then George gets noticed that he should address Parliament because guess what? He's still King of England after all. I think this confrontation between Queen Charlotte and his mother was really interesting because she did put her mother-in-law in place, but I did think it was valid that Princess Augusta was like, you can't baby him. <laughs> Essentially, he he still is king. He still has to come out. You know, you can fortify him, but at the end of the day, you got to let him do his job. And I felt like it was valid advice to give to Charlotte, but I also felt like, aren't you calling the kettle black? Because I feel like she's pacified him the entire series. Yeah, but I think what she's saying, though, is there was always the thought that he still has a duty and you can't let him just go away forever and neglect his duties because then he'll no longer be the king. And that's obviously valid at this point, though. I was like, just let Charlotte rule the country. Like, exactly. Let Charlotte could have went and did that parliament address easy. <laughs> that part ultimately he did not do the speech queen charlotte found him underneath the bed where the heavens could not find him Ooh, that was rough i didn't think he was going to be able to do it did you think did you have faith in him it wasn't looking good as Reynolds said he has good days and he has bad days as soon as his hands start shaking it's a bad day well after all this they had a baby in the midst of all this <laughs> Um, I love, again, their love and how supportive he was because back in the day, birthing was women's business. Again, all the lies when um, Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte was having the conversation of like, will it hurt? Oh, it's the worst pain ever. Really? Oh, no. It, it'll be great. It'll be fine. Lies. Lies, Farmer lies, George lies. came in handy, though. He was like, listen, I know how to deal with a breech birth. That's right. They have a ball. 
it's almost a sad realization of like, yes, this element of you, this chronic sickness, but we will get through it together, you and me. And they socialize, they dance, they look beautiful. It was a triumphant moment. You have any thoughts on their their ball, Ashley? I'm glad that, again, she was able to help him navigate and figure out a way through the issue that he was having in terms of, you know, showing his strength and showing who he was and that he was still king and all those things, but giving, but doing it in a loving way. And again, this is when the queen shows her that respect and says, you got it. He's happy with you. Thank you. And absolutely. I appreciated it. Lady Danbury is propositioned by Queen Charlotte's brother for marriage. She was, she was waiting the option and she ultimately decided to say no. I love the part where it says, switch your fear with your faith. That's part of the conversation that Lady Danbury had with Queen Charlotte on one, saying no to her brother, but then two, having faith in her to handle the title situation. Do you think that was the best decision for Agatha? Yes. I agree. Clearly it was the best. I knew he lost her when he saw he wanted more kids. I was like, she ain't having no more kids, bro. It's like Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. You're barking up the wrong tree, baby. And marriage at that time is so much different than marriage today. It's like, you're going to be essentially possessed by someone else. Mm-hmm. And leaving everything, you know, talking about, oh, we can come back every few years. Not, e- not every year, every few years. New language, new customs you have to get acquainted by. That's a lot. And I was like, he's a cutie. He'd definitely be an upgrade on the husband. Oh, absolutely. for sure. I'm sure you would have a good time, but hopefully he'll no. be able to locate essential parts. But yeah, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, but no, even for you, boo, it's a no. Going to present day, Queen Charlotte kids confronted her about this baby race. They said it was cruel. They told her that you don't know us. You have been our queen, not our mother. I want to take a little bit of time on this because what happened in the years between this young, audacious Queen Charlotte to the Queen Charlotte we got we get to know who birthed 15 children, but 13 of them are alive and they feel so disconnected to their mother. Life and the loyalty and love for George. I mean, that's that's her number one. That's probably all that, you know, she has the energy emotionally. Mm bandwidth to, to have to deal with i mean that's just the way i saw it not not a great excuse in terms of her children because they needed her they needed right. her but she's a human being and she has dealt with a lot and she had to shoulder not just her husband's sickness but also the crown as a result Absolutely. of it so give her a little grace wow 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 but after all of her antics, she has a grandbaby on the way and she finds George, tells him the good news and she goes to their spot underneath that freaking bed, Ashley. Hope they kept it clean under there. He said, you did not go over the wall. And when they shot it to where you had the present day mixed in with the young ones, mm-hmm. puddles, puddles of tears, Aww. Ashley. <laughs> so touching so beautiful because you know that's how they see each other yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
gorgeous. Love is still there. Final thoughts on Queen Charlotte. Ooh, it was emotional roller coaster both times I watched it. Watching it the second time, though, at least I didn't have that same level of like just utter frustration, um, not understanding what right. was going on with George as I did the first time. But like I said, it's my favorite of the Bridgerton series so far. Very deep. I don't know how they're going to top this. I literally saw them teasing the next season of regular <laughs> season Bridgerton three. with Penelope yeah. and Colin. And I'm like, ah. Penelope upgrade is amazing though. They she was, she's both always gorgeous. Of but them. Yeah. I saw the steals and I'm like, I see y'all trying, but this is about to be the most vanilla ass season ah. of Bridgerton ah. ever. Ah. Okay. I cannot. I cannot. So I'm not, I'm not. I'm not thinking it's going to top Queen Charlotte, but we'll see what happens, I guess. This gave me a newer appreciation. I'll say that for sure, because there's so much meat in this series. It's not just love and hot sex. This was deep. Girl, listen. Y'all did the thing. Y'all did the thing. Period. Mm -hmm. I love this tidbit. So the CEO of Netflix is married to a Black woman, Nicole Event. She's the daughter of the godfather of Hollywood. And this series is a love letter to his late mother-in-law, Jacqueline Event, who unfortunately was killed in a series of Hollywood burglaries a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And apparently Queen Charlotte was one of her favorite historical figures. And when Shonda Rhimes was working on Bridgerton season two, he was like, consider telling the story. And that's what prompted this particular prequel or this particular story. So it's just gorgeous. And it means so much. And I thought it was was beautiful. So I highly recommend you all checking out I'm currently on Nicole Evans' official um, Instagram, and she has the whole explanation there. But I love the origins of this project as well. Very beautiful. And and again, shout out to India. Mm -hmm. That girl can act. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that she not only made the role her own, but she was able to pull from Golda's Queen Charlotte as well fierce and the chemistry that's the one thing Shonda Rhyme has got down packed is chemistry yeah that's true they were like Bridgerton season one and two chemistry is off the chart and let's go back to freaking scandal that chemistry was hot (laughs) so the series was flawless my dear flawless on that note time for hidden gems Ashley all right I have two First one, had seen it so many times, teased on Apple TV+. Plus. Finally clicked play, and I'm so glad I did. It is Silo, baby, based off a book series by Hugh Howey. In a ruined and toxic future, a community exists in a giant underground silo that plunges hundreds of stories deep. There are people living in a society full of regulations they believe 
are meant to protect them. This series stars Rebecca Ferguson, Rashida Jones, Common, David Oyelowo. It is so, so, so good. It's so good. I've almost tried to spoil it for myself a couple times and just Google like what the F is really good. Like what's you going on? You know what's going? funny? My girlfriend, my one of my best friends started the series and she recently downloaded the book so Mm -hmm. she's reading the book right now just so she'll know what happened because I'm that's how I felt I was like I just need to know because I have my theories I have my suspicions but I I was getting to the point where I was like I'm just about to start googling because I want to know is it a mystery is it drama it's it's a drama it's it's action it's all the things I mean there's romance in it it's all the things but it's set in this future dystopian type of you know world which we love and but the mystery is why are people in the silo because history was destroyed during a rebellion a hundred years ago and every attempt to find that history is suppressed or regulated so it's just a mystery as to what's going on and the whole thing is you can't go outside if you say you want to go outside you get sent outside and you die so wow. what's really good it's guys i had binged it and now i'm to the point where i can only watch it weekly when the episodes drop if you don't listen to any other hidden gems i've had in a while watch silo that's how i much i feel about this series wow you have not listened to any other hidden gems i've given you in a while watch silo apple tv plus wow all right my next hidden gem based on a true story on peacock this is brand spanking new pretty much charlotte starring kaylee cuoco and chris messina the description from imdb is a realtor a former tennis star and a plumber sees a unique opportunity to capitalize on america's obsession with true crime it's interesting Mm. i watched it but i need to rewatch the last couple episodes because i was watching it during my adff time and i was exhausted But it's such an interesting premise. They're starting a podcast, okay? That's how they're delving into the true crime world. So, you know, it's just, it's it's an interesting premise and tale. Great cast. Love Kaylee Cuoco, Chris Messina. So it's it's a mystery, but like, you know, kind of a little slapsticky in there as well with comedy. So I recommend it. I don't, I haven't watched you a lot from Peacock, but this was one that captured my interest. So that is based on a true story. Laura, what you got for the week? Thank you, Ashley. I have two movies. Okay. So since we are talking about, you know, a good drama period piece, which, you know, I adore, I decided to recommend this hidden gem. It's Chevalier. It is based off of the real life, extraordinary man, Frenchman. Um, Here's the premise of the movie. The illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner, Joseph Bologna, rises to improbable heights in French society as a celebrated violinist, composer, and fencer complete with a love affair and falling out with Marie Antoinette. It is starring the talented Calvin Harris Jr. And it's also music by Chris Bowser, who also did the composition for Queen Charlotte. And he's my fave because I fell in love with him from Bridgerton season one. It is, it's really good. It's really good. Is it my favorite period piece of all time? It's not, but I think it's a fascinating story and it is definitely worth watching. And the music is phenomenal. 
so highly recommend it's available on hulu now you're welcome my second hidden gem it is absolutely not hidden because it's the number one movie in the world it is spider-man across the spider-verse rated pg it is two hours and 16 minutes long and when i was watching it i was like this is fucking phenomenal like i gotta see it the illustrations it's it's visually gorgeous they had kent powers on higher learning talking about it and as soon as they said spoiler alert i was like oh turning you off (laughs) visually stunning and honestly there are some conversations about blackness in this one and white allyship that is fire and it, it makes so much sense and it's it's great we took david out for father's day to see this movie because this is a movie that he and amara binds over even though i absolutely love the first one but they've watched it more times and they did me. they did halloween yes my daughter actually went into the theaters to go spider now you got to get her isa's outfit <laughs> i don't know i don't want to put a belly a pregnant belly on her <laughs> oh she's pregnant in it okay yes. never mind that's weird <laughs> maybe that'll but be your character shout- maybe but shout out to daniel kalua's character because he was my favorite character i'll just say that much okay check it out check it out check it out all right guys that's it for us we're gonna head on out of here but we will be back with more headlines and hot topics and all the things be blessed we appreciate y'all share this episode so much with a family friend co-worker whomever somebody in the street we appreciate you we'll see you next time love y'all bye